Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, November the 13th, 2019. We are reading from the big book on page 68, the first paragraph. We reviewed our fears thoroughly. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Amanda B., 12 Traditions, Betty W., and readers of the text, Penny C., Carmela G., and Janice B. The reference numbers for yesterday, Tuesday, November the 12th, the 7 a.m. meeting, 13650, and the 10 a.m. meeting, 13651. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Amanda B. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Amanda B., compulsive overeater from Texas. The 12 steps. One, We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, 
we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Amanda B. And now Betty W. will read the 12 traditions. Good morning, friends. This is Betty W., a compulsive eater from upstate New York. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group would never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never to be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never to be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to be of service, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Betty W. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book, and we're on page 68, the first paragraph. We reviewed our fears thoroughly, and we'll be commenting on that paragraph only. So I'd like to ask Penny C. to get us started. Good morning. This is Penny C., a recovered compulsive overeater from the Boston area. Thank you so much. 
We reviewed our fears thoroughly. We put them down on paper, even though we had no resentment in connection with them. We asked ourselves why we had them. Was it because self-reliance failed us? Self-reliance was good as far as it went, but it didn't go far enough. Some of us once had great self-confidence, but it didn't fully solve the fear problem or any other. When it made us cocky, it was even it was worse. This um, this paragraph um, is is good for me to realize that when I felt like I could rely on myself for everything, um, take responsibility without having the the need to uh, ask for help from anybody, I could um, I could make decisions by myself. I could do anything. In in fact. I was told over and over again that, you know, the, the only reason I, I was fat and, and, and overate even as a child was that I didn't have enough willpower. And I think willpower and, for me, self-reliance are almost synonymous. And so it was a wonderful uh, experience. It was a spiritual awakening for me when I came to that first meeting of OA and I was told I had a disease and I could rely when I looked at those first three steps that um, people were reading and, and I, I, they gave me a little pamphlet and in there were the 12 steps that, you know, it was all about being powerless, never mind being self-reliant, being powerless and that there was a power greater than myself that I could turn to and I could, I could, put my my life and, and my will over into the hands of that higher power God. It was um it was a day, it was a time I I remember that hearing that word disease in relation to my overeating. I remember exactly who was there. It like the, like I remember where I was when I heard that John F. Kennedy was killed. I knew I I, I that that um Time in in my life, you know, is 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 framed, and um, I'll never I'll never cease to be grateful just for hearing that at my very first meeting. So now, my reliance is on a higher power, and um, with the reliance and the help of that higher power and all the people in the rooms, um, you know, I've I've been able to to uh, with God's help uh, enjoy a life better than none better than any other I could ever imagine. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Penny C. Sorry, I was having technical difficulties there. Okay, the line is now open for sharing on what we just read. I'd like to encourage those who haven't shared in the last two days take this opportunity. Please say your name just once as it helps me hear everyone. Who would like to share? Carmela G. Julie E.B. Devorah S. Go far. Sorry, who was that? Devorah S. Devorah. Okay. So far, I have Carmela G, Julie E. B, and Devorah S. Janet E. 
Anita Jody B. E. Okay, there was Janet E. and then somebody after Janet. Nessa R. Okay, there was somebody ahead of R. I still couldn't hear her. Anita B. Okay, great. Thank you. Here's our lineup. Thank you, Lisa. Okay, here's our lineup. Carmela G, Julie E. B, Devorah S, Janet E, Anita B, Nessa R, and Lisa B will start us off on our second round. So, Carmela G, please go ahead. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is Carmela G, a grateful compulsive overeatery covered for today from New York. We reviewed our fears thoroughly. When I did the fear inventory, the first go-round I was doing my steps, I was shocked that these things were appearing because I never realized the amount of fear that was controlling my life. It was paralyzing me in so many ways, and it was such an awakening. But the reality was I wouldn't admit to them. The food had to hide them. I had to keep shoving them down because I was a powerful woman. I had to succeed, and I was going to prove it. So there's that cockiness, there's that false pride, that self-awareness. I was running on ego, and if you looked at me crooked, I would run in the corner and hide and have to shove the food in my face because my feelings were so hurt. And it was all related to fear. Fear of not being accepted by my peers, by people I would meet professionally or on a social event. Fear that I was never enough. And this program allowed me to feel so loved when I realized I was not the sole power, that there was a power greater than myself, and I call that power God, and he loved this fallible human being perfectly and accepted all of my fears, my defects, and loved me and was willing to help. And this program gave me a hand so that I could get out of the hole and get out of that corner hovering and walk this journey and live in the sunshine. And for that, I am so grateful. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Carmela G. Julie E.B., it's your turn followed by Devorah S. Please go ahead, Julie. Hi, this is uh, Julie E.B., uh, gratefully recovered, usually in Colorado. Uh, today, on the, um, today on the way to, uh, to Newark. So anyway, um, just really 
the fears as I examined them thoroughly, I really saw um, how self-reliance functioned for me, um, that I had been hurt a lot in my childhood and decided that God couldn't care for and protect me, um, that I would do it myself, uh, first through exercise, bulimia, and uh, running 100 miles a week, then eating, um, relying um, on other people, achievement, all sorts of things. And every time I felt fit, uh, fear, this is what I would do. And uh, through this program and writing down, I know it sounds nuts, 145 fears, which no, it's not necessary. I saw a common theme that for each one, the care and protection prayer had meant a lot to me by then. For each one, um, I was looking for uh, care and protection to come uh, from somewhere outside of myself, a person, place, or thing. I found I was looking for care or protection or direction or connection or a sense of security or uh, self-esteem or connection to come from somewhere outside myself. That I wasn't, uh, I was relying on my finite self and not infinite God. And whenever I get into fear today, I'm always in a black and white situation where it's going to go one way or another. And I look at the number of stars in the sky and I think about infinite God and how there's an infinite number of choices in front of me. Today, I don't practice the idea that the more I stay stirring up that fear and thinking about the future, the more control I have over it. Um, today, I have come to this program to have a God I can trust, a higher power I can look to. Thanks for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Julie E.B. Devora S., it's your turn, followed by Janet E. Please go ahead, Devora. Hi, good morning, everyone, and thank you all who makes this meeting possible. My name is Devara S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey, and so we reviewed our fears thoroughly. That was a big step for me because, honestly, I never knew that I was made up of so many fears um, and resentments. You know, I know we're talking about the fears, but it comes from that. And, you know, it was just, I was just numb from what was really going on within me. Um, so this was a real big exercise for me to just to have it written down and look at it and tear them apart and to see what was it. What was the underlying factor here? And it was all because I was afraid of letting go. I was all afraid of of of, of um, letting God take care of me. Um, yes, self-reliance. I was depending on myself and so and 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 on others, depending on other people, looking to them as the God that that they can, you know, relieve me of whatever was going was going to give me what I needed. Um, so this was a very big uh, step for me, and it continues to be so. Um, it doesn't just go away because I did my fourth step. Um, so, but it's a daily thing that I have that I always need to be constantly relying and trusting on my higher power to lead me and to show me that He's there for me. Um, and um, and with that, I get um, that I get relief, and it's something that I can turn to all the time. It's like always available, you know. All I have to do is just walk a little bit, <clears throat> and God is there for me, and um, and it does, and it does relieve my fear. Um, so, like others were saying, you know, for, for for years I went around thinking that I know what I know the answer. I know, and and I'm real, I see now that um, that was all my 
you know, that's, that's what got the ball rolling. That was got me into deeper resentment towards other people, and, and it froze me up. Um, so, you know, what a relief today is that, you know, I'm, you know, God has me, and um, I know what's best for me, and I could just do, 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 these, do these steps and, um, and lead a life of spiritual growth. And, um, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Devorah S. Janet E., it's your turn, followed by Anita B. Hi, good morning. Thanks so much for leading the meeting. This is Janet E. I'm gratefully recovering in Cuenca, Ecuador. And I'm with you all in spirit at the conference and um, envious that I can't be there, but uh, I will be there in the next one. Um, But I just came through my four-step inventory, fourth and fifth, and wrote out my fears. So this is all very... I've thought a lot about this, and um, what I understand more now about my fears is, you know, I know that with my resentments, those are things that didn't go my way in the past, and fears are things that um, my fear that the future won't go my way. Again, emphasis on my way. <laughs> so it's just, there's just selfishness baked right into it, right? It's just uh, afraid that I'll either lose something that I already have or that I won't get something that I want. It's just, it's pretty simple. Um, and so I'm still looking for my way, but it was really helpful for me to work through the columns on this, um, on the big book form. And, um, why do I have the fear? Where was my reliance and trust? Um, did self-reliance work? Obviously not. And then to, to, to pray that fear prayer around it and take the next step of writing down, well, then what would have, what would God have me be? Um, how would I show up related to this fear? How would I show up if I were being led by higher power instead of Janet self? Um, what would that look like in my behavior? What kind of woman would I be? And to really to have a chance to write that down. And then my sponsor had me write and ask another question, which was really powerful. She said, Janet, if your higher power could speak directly to you right now about this fear, what would your higher power say to you? And then I just was able to get quiet for a minute with each one of these fears and have some pretty powerful messages come through from higher power. Um, So much bigger than my small thinking and my small mind. Um, So that was a really powerful question, exercise to go through. If higher power could speak directly to me about it, what 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 would he, she, it tell me right now? Um, so this is sort of a different way that, than I, a more thorough way that I'd ever worked my fear inventory before. And it's, these are things I can do anytime they crop up. And um, I'm just so grateful that I'm shown a way how to navigate this is my toolkit that I chose to pick up being, being guided by a, a sponsor, um, and given and shown the tools of how to, how to move through life, um, when these fears do come up. And I'm just, I'm so, so grateful for that because that lets me live a life of freedom and that's what I want. So grateful to be on the line today. Thanks everybody and I'll pass. Thank you, Janet E. Excuse me. Anita B, it's your turn, followed by Nessa R. Please go ahead, Anita. 
Thank you. Anita B. here from New Jersey. Uh, grateful to have this opportunity, um, and thank you for all your service. Uh, so I was just thinking, you know, when I did my first thorough fourth inventory, um, I had, I don't know, 416 resentments, but I didn't have any fears because I didn't know what fears, I didn't know they were fears. I could remember uh, freaking out on my son and my sister who's in program said, what are you scared of? And I thought, is she crazy? There's no fear here. I'm trying to tell this kid what he did wrong. I couldn't see the fears. Now, these last two fourth steps I've done recently, there are so many more fears than there are resentments. I was um, really a little bit surprised to see that. But you see, I'm just learning now how my mind works and how my relationships and my reactions to all these things work. And I realize they're just riddled with fear. You know, fear of of someone finding out who I really am, how much I really can't do, uh, how much I really do hide. You know, all these fears, fears of so many things. Um, But, you know, I was reminded yesterday that God doesn't do it to me. He brings it for me. So, you know, they're just lessons to learn, uh, ways to grow, and to become more spiritually connected to him. So, um, you know, I'm so grateful today that I stayed for as long as I did to figure, to get closer to what's really going on with me, with these fears and resentments and all this. So I'm really grateful, grateful for the steps, grateful for this program, grateful for the fellowship. Um, just really grateful today. So uh, thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Anita B. And Nessa R., it's your turn. Hello. Yeah, go ahead, Nessa. There you are. Oh, you can hear me. Great. Thank you. Um, I'm also having technical difficulties. Um, so this is Nessa R., a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. So to me, this statement of self-reliance fails us was, was baffling because I was uh, raised to believe that um, through sheer willpower, I can accomplish anything. I just have to bulldoze my way through um, life um, and accomplish. And so this was very, very foreign to me. And so so why or when the self-reliance failed me, um, you know, many, many times in my life, not even knowing this, you know, self-reliance tells me because usually when, when this happens, I'm trying, not usually, always, I'm trying to control something which is not within my control. I'm trying to control what other people do. Uh, I'm trying to control the outcome of events. Um, even what people think of me, um, I have no control. And when I'm trying to control those things, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. I mean, that's the domain of God, and that's why self-reliance fails me. I'm trying to control something that is not within my control. And so what do I control? I only control three things, my thoughts, my speech, and my actions. I cannot control what other people think of me, but I can control, you know, how I behave, that I behave in, um, you know, esteemable ways, in respectful ways, in likable ways, and the rest is up to God. You know, I have to understand um, what is the footwork, which is my part, and what is the outcome, which is God's part, and what, and that, by definition, what I cannot control and make and make uh, a, a clear and distinct separation and know 
where my work begins and ends. And, you know, that's a gift that I have received from programming. You know, it's uh, in recovery because it just gives me so much peace of mind to know what I am powerless over. I'm not only powerless over food, but I am powerless over people, places, things, and situations. Um, And so when something is not going my way, the things are not happening the way I want, just knowing that, hey, there's nothing I can do about it. All I can do is, you know, think productive, positive thoughts, speak uh, softly and gently um, and calmly and act uh, in, in, in positive ways and the rest, you know, God will take care of. That brings me such a degree of peace and serenity, you know. Before, when I was uh, panicking and frantic and raging, it's because I wasn't behaving in the way I'm behaving now, you know, like this really, really works, you know, to know what it is mine and to know what it is God and where the line is, um, is a, um, a gift of recovery, which starts with this inventory. Um, this inventory very clearly marks where the line is. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. So if you've come on the line a little bit later this morning, we are on page 68. The first paragraph, we reviewed our fears thoroughly. I'd like to encourage those who haven't shared in the last two days to take this opportunity. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. And we're starting off with Lisa B. Karen K. Ramona. Irene B. Linda D. Ramona A. Okay, let me tell you who I've got. Thank you. I've got my lineup. I've got Lisa B, Terry K, Irene B, Linda D, Ramona, somebody or other, and one more, please. Vasa O. Sorry, was that Vasa O? Yes. Thank you. Okay, great. We've got our lineup. Thank you. Lisa B, Terry K, Irene B, Linda D, Ramona A, and Vasa O. Okay, Lisa B, please go ahead. And if you're not Lisa B, can you just check to make sure you're muted? Thank you. Lisa, please press star one. Good morning, Lynn. This is Lisa. I'm sorry, I was having a problem with my phone. Thank you for your service. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, the word reliance is what really jumps out for me. And I looked it up. It means it says dependence on or trust in someone or something. Oh my gosh. Well, I wanted the world. You know, I wanted everything to be apparent for me. I wanted everything to take care of me, everyone to take care of um, my needs. And the thought of relying through this program on this infinite, invisible spirit that I call my higher power was really frightening for me. So going through this process and listing all of my fears, and you know, this time coming into vision for you, I'm so grateful for this intensive study that we have Monday through Friday. And then, of course, Sunday mornings are a special edition. I'm so grateful for the intensive study. And taking this literally, taking this book literally, not saying, well, this is written back in the 30s and it was a whole bunch of men that were alcoholics that were maybe a, you know, 
bottom of the barrel drunks, but saying, if I want the same recovery that they had, if I want to have permanent recovery, what, what do I need to do? So listing my fears, all of my fears and sharing them with my sponsor. And today, what I've learned is once I got to step 11, I really had to deepen my faith in my higher power by going to a lot of books, other books other than the big book, and really study and get a spiritual guide because I had a terrible time having faith. I really did. And I love the the prayer that we're going to learn down below in the next day or so where it's telling us we let him demonstrate through us. Well, in order for me to let my higher power demonstrate through me, I have to put all of my weapons down. I have to be fully surrendered, you know. When I have my fists full of food and just all of my bats and clubs around me, I can't let my higher power demonstrate through me. So often it's the bondage of self, you know, that is is holding me back. It's the fear of what you're going to think of me that keeps me stuck. And even though I'm recovered, I still can go back into that place. And it can really grip me. And I have to go back into this work and share my inventories with other fellows and ask in prayer for my higher power to remove these things and have faith in step two that I am being restored to sanity but my trust and reliance has to be on this infinite invisible power that I call God my higher power it's not about trusting and relying on other people and often you know even a recovered fellow may give me a direction but my guidance my inner guidance as a recovered person is telling me differently I need to listen to my higher power but check things out with other fellows and keep time please and sharing so with that I pass thank you Thank you, Lisa B. Terry K., it's your turn, followed by Irene B. Hi, this is Karen K. Oh, Karen K., okay. Yes, yep, thank you. (laughs) This is Karen K. from upstate New York, and uh, I I don't have a lot of abstinence. I'm coming looking for abstinence. (laughs) And I know it's within me. But uh, anyway, I just want to say I'm coming to the conference this weekend. And um, the woman that was going to come with me uh, can't come. And so I do have a a room in my room if there's a woman that needs some space. I'm on the the, uh, Vision for You on Facebook. And I'm Karen Coulterman. Thank you. Thank you, Karen Kay. Irene B., it's your turn, followed by Linda D. Good morning. Thank you very much for your service. I am Irene B., a gratefully recovering bulimic from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Oh, my goodness. I love this meeting. I love you all. I wish I could see you Friday, but I'll hopefully see you for the birthday party. See it as it may. Fears. Yes, fears. Um, I thought I had no fear. I had no idea I had fears because um, I, I was fearless. I mean, I just pushed through through whatever situation. Nothing stopped me. I just did what needed to be done. End of story. Um, you know, hysteria just like that's stupid. What does it accomplish? It becomes hysterical. You know, you just you're in control and you push through whatever it is and you do it. You just push through it. So fear did not apply to me. 
because uh, I thought that fear meant fear that somebody was going to break into your house, fear that somebody was going to harm you. You know, for some reason, I, I just, you know, I just really, I guess I felt safe. I did not have any phobia. So, you know, since I didn't have phobias, I didn't have fear. End of story. Well, obviously, I'm ridden with fear. Fear, it turns out, is the root of everything that that disturbs me and hurts my mind and soul. The fear of rejection, the fear of not being enough, the fear of being found out. I love what I heard earlier today, the fear that people will find out all that you really can't do. Oh, my gosh. I think that's me. I think that's me. So I'm just really grateful to this program. And I just read what the book says. It says, wasn't it that self-reliance failed us? And so when I, when every time, you know, I just thought, what does self-reliance have to do with anything? It's like it has everything to do with it. It's because we're constantly relying on ourselves instead of relying on a power much greater than ourselves. Oh, my gosh, what freedom that brings. So, yeah. And then it helps me to understand why my dad sometimes seems to be cruel. But I just saw today for the first time that he was full of fear. He feared for our safety. He feared for our well-being. He feared for us. And his manifestation of that fear was pretty abrupt. And um, I'm just thankful with that I'll pass. Thankful that 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 I'm aware of my fears, because now that I know what they are, I can begin to address them and I, and understanding where they come from. They come from my self reliance for crying out loud. All of my life, I thought I had to be have uh, willpower. It's not about that. It's about relying on God. With that, I pass. Thank you so very much. And thank you, Irene B. Linda D., it's your turn, followed by Ramona A. Please go ahead, Linda. Good morning, everybody. It's Linda D. from Connecticut. I'm bowled over by some of the things that have been shared, particularly that line about, I let God demonstrate through me what God can do. That is a very, very powerful tool that I use if I'm aware enough to use it. When I awake uh, awakened today, I had a lot of fears in my mind, and that happens quite often. And they're legitimate. The, the toilet that's not working that I have to fix because I can't afford a plumber, blah, blah, and all of that, and I can get completely, and then there'll be a trail of all the stuff I don't have um, that I have to learn about, um, and I just turn to God because the answers are inside, not outside. Every day uh, when it's read that um, God will constantly disclose more to you and to us, that means you, Linda, today. Today you will learn more about how to live and how to rely on God. Um, even if it's something about how to use a toilet auger, Honest to God, I have one of those. Not a big deal to those of you who are homeowners, but it's a big deal to me. Uh, And all sorts of things, from the smallest thing that seemed much bigger two hours ago, 
to the biggest thing because I have to uh, somehow uh, turn to God and be guided to a new career, like a career career, not the crap I'm used to. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said it that way. I started where I started, and it served its purpose. I'm grateful for that. But now it's time to grow. Uh, No clue. No clue. Well, a clue, and then I don't know what to do. So um, I'm... It's very, very important for me to be willing to be vulnerable in front of myself, naked, to how scared I really am. And where am I going to turn? Because I can't tough my way through it. It's too much. And um, so I pass with that because this, this program works. Otherwise, I would be paralyzed because I was most of my life. I pass. Thank you, Linda D. Ramona A., it's your turn, followed by Vasa O. Please go ahead, Ramona. Hi, uh, this is Ramona A. in Vermont, and thank you, everyone, for service today. Fear is is huge for me. I'm even nervous about sharing this morning for some reason. But there are so many thoughts that are going through my head, went through my head as I listened to people and I related to so much of it. And I know growing up, I lived in fear and I lived in fear of other people. I didn't live in fear of doing things. And I was the only one in my family that had this disease or has this disease. And, you know, with family, with school, with everything, there was a lot of rejection, a lot of taunts. And so I know I grew up in fear and what I started to do was say, I can do it. I can rely on myself. And and when I was afraid, there was always food. And I didn't dare rely on God. I believed in God, but I believed that I had to do things perfectly so God wouldn't judge me or condemn me or be against me. So I couldn't rely on God because I was afraid of him too. So as I grew older, got into my career, marriage and everything, the fears mounted up so much that I lived for years with anxiety, with pain in my back and my neck and whatever. And I thought that was what was wrong with me. And I didn't realize until I came into program that it was fear, that it was all the anxiety. As I started working the steps, then I learned that you know, I could bring out those fears. I could put down the food. I could bring those all out. But there they were in the open and talk about feeling more. I really felt felt more. And I thought everyone else is to blame. This is all someone else's fault. All these different things. Somebody has to take care of me. But people weren't taking care of me. You know, I needed to learn to do that myself. And I thought I had to do it alone. But slowly but surely, my higher power has, teased me, has, you know, called me such that um, through working the steps and and the, all of that and the prayer and the meditation and just trusting just enough to get the evidence that God is there for me so I could trust a little more, et cetera, I've come to understand God loves me. And it's all through working the steps. Not only don't I have to be afraid, but I can trust. I can lean on God. And I know sometimes the fear still crops up. I said, 
something this morning. I wanted to talk to somebody. And I said, oh, God, please give me the words and things like that. But I wasn't willing to let go of my will that I wanted to talk to somebody. And so finally, I had to even let go of that. And so that's that's an amount of growth through these steps that I never would have imagined Time, for please. myself. Thank you. And um, I'm just so grateful. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Ramona A. Vasa O, it's your turn. Please go ahead. Press star one, Vasa. Thank you. Sorry, I was muted. Thank you, Lynette, for your service. And Vasa, grateful, grateful, recovered, compulsive Vita, calling from Florida. Well, uh, what I heard, if I wanted to... If I wanted a permanent recovery from the food addiction, I needed to be honest and do the 12 steps the way they are laid out. And, yes, I did um, a thorough fourth step till I came, you know, to the fears. And I'm so grateful that my sponsor helped me uh, go through the fears and the way, she, I, the way I did it. She said to me, uh, name, uh, put down all your fears on a piece of paper. And I had no problem to uh, put the fears on a paper because I was full of it. I had so many fears. It paral- I was paralyzed, and it kept me from, from growing, from, you know, getting better in my whole life because I was full of fears and full of belly full, belly food, belly full of food. But anyways, uh, I... I I remember I'll just some of the fears that come up in my mind was fear of getting a job, fear of not being good enough as a mother or a wife. Fear of dying was really big for me, and the food was killing me. I had a right to fear to have that fear because it was just going to kill me if I kept on going what I was doing, and uh, fear of getting cancer, fear of my husband leaving me for another woman fear of not having enough, fear of confrontation, fear of failure, fear of people, fear of... I mean, I can go on and on and on. And there were even more and more as I was uh, listing them up. And uh, so the problem was, for me, uh, when did all my fears started? And I did go back into my childhood. I tried to list the fears you know, I was growing up in an alcoholic, violent, dysfunctional home. And I'm not blaming my parents for it. You know, it's, they did the best that I knew how, and they had a lot of fears of their own that they protected me from doing because of their own fears. So I developed a lot of worries and a lot of anxieties, and a lot of fears of growing up, you know. And I was dependent um, my, my time is up. Of course, I was dependent on my parents to take care of me, or self-reliance, and uh, I or turn to other people. I did not have a higher power. I did not know. Thank how to you, turn to God. I'll wrap it up. I did not know how to turn to God, but my whole life started when I was willing and ready to surrender with the food and my life and my will to the care of God, and that's when my life started getting better. Thank you, and I pass.
Thank you, Vasa. Oh, so we have time for two more shares. Who would like that spot? Kathy C. Jason K. Jack. Okay, I've got Jackie C. and Jason K. Jackie, please go ahead. Press star one, Jackie. Okay, Jackie, we can't hear you. Let's try Jason K and we'll come back to Jackie. Jason, are you available? Press star one, Jason. Good morning, this is Jason K, recovered compulsive eater and bulimic outside of Philadelphia. Um, thinking I had another person before me to take a minute to sit quietly and pray but I'll just go for it. So the fear inventory, again, this part of the book is bringing us into a fourth step. There's something really powerful driven from steps one, two, and three out of our desperation uh, of trying to manage and live our life on ourselves. We make the decision to turn it over. And it's not that God has abandoned us. It's just that we have all these impediments to God. We're blocked from these common forms of self, uh, resentment, fear, sex conduct, any form of selfishness and self-centered fears are blocking me from God. And to put this down on paper, um, they say, you know, we put this down on paper. We are very, very clearly into the action steps. There's something to be done. So we put this down on paper. And I think one of the first fears I put down on paper was I'm afraid of the IRS. And I, and I had to ask myself why. And I said, because I've been lying, stealing, manipulating, inflating, deflating certain numbers to get a better deal. So they didn't get as much uh, money from me. And I just had to laugh because I'm totally afraid of being audited because I'm afraid of what they have, uh, what they would find. And I had to laugh because uh, you think of some big bad boogie monster uh, government agency out there to get you. But really, it came down to selfishness, self-centered fear. I'm not living my life on a spiritual basis. I wasn't. And I'm lying, cheating, manipulating, trying to get over on the government. So I'm walking around in fear. I lay my head down on the pillow at night in fear. So fast forward into recovery after two years of abstinence. I have a couple of years clean with my tax records too. I don't have to uh, try to do things on my own. I had a fear of asking for help. It prevented me from asking people to help me with my taxes. So this step is really about freedom. When we can see uh, we're trying to run our lives. When I do it today, what that looks like two years in, I'm thinking here sitting, I need to get everything done. I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to make this decision. I need to make this happen. I'm getting lost in self-centered fear again. And, I, and, and, and me, self-centered fear is the opposite of the third step. It's me picking up my life, me trying to do things on my own power. And uh, there's more and more surrenders for me. I can't. I can't do it can't do life on my own power. I have to continually turn, uh, turn it over to God. And fear is just a barometer for me. It's a red flag. It's saying, hey, you're trying to do it on your own again. You're not relying and trusting in uh, God. You're not surrendering to God. Um, you know, for me, it's about slowing down when I get agitated or doubtful. Because fear would tell me to speed up and go faster and do more and try harder. Uh, and today, it's about surrendering letting go, 
asking for help, uh, seeking God's will, doing things honestly, uh, trusting and relying on God and the battle plan. Thank you, Jason Kay. And Jackie C. will be our last person to share. Jackie, are you available? Please press star one. Okay, it seems like we've lost Jackie. Who would like that last spot, please? Kathy C. Sandy S. Okay, there's Jackie. Jackie, please go ahead. Press star one to unmute Jackie. No, it was Kathy. Kathy, Kathy C. Okay, please go ahead. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Kathy C. Recovered uh, from Montreal, Canada this morning. Very grateful. Um, so, yeah, you know, the, the fear. So much has been said. And it's not the obvious fear that got me. You know, uh, it's the subtle, subtle ideas in my head that I create myself that I come to conclude, right? So that, again, is a symptom that I, I live without a higher power. I'm relying on my power, and it's so finite. So, you know, these steps enable me. And this is the game changer. Anybody out there struggling, you know, um, if we don't do the inventory, if we don't look at ourselves, where is that selfishness, you know, like we're, we're so self-absorbed and we see it play out in our lives, the, the lies we tell ourselves that we believe, um, right, those emotions that come up, right, that have us, you know, think a certain way and, you know, unless we're, we're, we're tethered to a higher power, to the truth, right, because we live in our heads a lot and we can't tell the truth from the false, right, so we become restless, we become irritated, and we become discontented, right, with what is. So here we need God's help. We need to see things from his point of view, and, and, and we forget. We forget daily, but you know what? Our steps remind us where we are to be today. What am I to do? What's the next right thing? Did I go to God? You know, um, do I need to do a 10 step? Like, did I do my, my, my daily prayer morning, during the day, and the evening? Am I out there? Am I helping others? Am I living in the truth or am I still living in my own head with my own ideas, my own thoughts? You know, I, we can't, um, well, myself, I can't do it alone. I can't be alone in my head. My, my, my thinker is broken. My emotions get the best of me. Clearly, I do my inventory and I see that come up all the time. So I have to be okay with knowing that my emotions will come up. Um, I'll always have these emotions, but it's what I, now I'm able to see, you know, with God's care. You know, I put myself in God's care every day. I have to remember I took this, my third step. I'm the, I am, you know, um, in the care of God now, right? So I have to seek him. I have to seek him. Um, and that's where I get the freedom from my fear that I'm to see clearly. I pass. Thank you. And thank you, Kathy C. And thank you to everyone who shared and to Team Wednesday. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Wednesday, November 13th, the 7 a.m. meeting is 13657. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. 
Will Carmela G. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, thank you, Lynn. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. And great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until the 